Welcome back, listeners, to the Somerville Advice Givers Podcast, where we connect you with the advice you need for when life happens to you. I'm your host, Yaden Smith, and this week, our guest on the show is Tim Young. Who, Tim, I'm not, I can't remember exactly what your official position is, but I know you're with Doors to Freedom, which, in a nutshell, I'm going to summarize because I don't want to steal your thunder, but y'all do... Y- y'all um, basically rescue uh, sex workers to, to the Reader's Digest version, right? That's correct. Yeah. So, that is correct. you know, tell us about, tell us about um, how you got started with Doors to Freedom, what exactly you do, what y'all are about at Doors to Freedom. You know, mm-hmm. give us the rundown. So, yeah, my name is Tim Young. I'm the director of development at Doors to Freedom. So I oversee a lot of our marketing, fundraising, grant writing, Uh, All of that fun stuff to make sure we keep our lights on. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so we are a local nonprofit that works with survivors of sex trafficking. Uh, We provide a safe place for them to experience a transformed life. And so we are a residential home for survivors of trafficking. We work with girls age 12 to 20. uh, And we are unfortunately the only home in South Carolina for survivors of sex trafficking. We're the only one uh, working with girls. And so there, there's a need for more of organizations like us. We are just located here in the Low Country. We're not a national organization. Uh, we were started as an organization in 2011. Our executive director and founder, Sharon Reichard, uh, she had heard about human trafficking, sex trafficking, and she wanted to do something about it. And initially, she heard about it as an international issue. This is something that happens in Nepal. This is something that right. happens in Thailand. Somewhere else. Somewhere else, not in the this United is, this States. Is not, this is not something that happens in Somerville. Right. That's Charleston, the thing. Like. Charleston, Somerville, because it's people don't like to admit that it happens in the United States. Right. And then they really don't like it to admit that it happens in South Carolina, let alone Somerville and Charleston. Yeah. Uh, but it does, unfortunately. And so when Sharon mm. found out about that, Uh, She did some research. She did some digging. She wanted to figure out, okay, what can I do to be a part of helping these girls who are being trafficked, who are being sold for commercial sexual exploitation? And so that's when she learned that there were no homes in South Carolina uh, for survivors of trafficking. So she thought, well, I can do that. I can start a home. Mm -hmm. Took a little bit more... Took a little bit longer than she anticipated to get there, but we are operational as a 24-7 residential home for survivors of trafficking. So we're so thrilled to be able to provide uh, a home, not just a home, but we want to be a home and a family for yeah. these girls yeah. uh, because they've been through so much and we want to offer them the chance at new life, restored hope, and a beautiful future. Man, that is so important. I, I didn't realize that y'all were the only one in the, the only whole state. One. And Charleston is not even the, the most densely population center in the state. I mean, I think we're number two, Charleston area, Columbia, and then mm-hmm. us, and then maybe Greenville or Myrtle Beach. But in a, in a state of about 5 million people, the engineers are now checking me out online to see if I got that number correctly. I'm, I'm sure it's <laughs> not exact. But to have, I guess, some, some questions that occur to me right out of the gate are, like, what are the statistics nationwide for, like, per capita um, sex traffic? Right? That's a good question. I don't know that I can speak to the per capita. What's surprising is yeah. being someone who works in this day in, day out, mm-hmm. has these conversations, talks to people, no one's willing to put out firm statistics on survivors of trafficking, people who are being abused. Uh, one firm statistic that we know that 
every organization throws out there who like organization to us is that there are at least 100,000 victims of human trafficking in the United States annually, upwards of Mm 300,000, but 100,000 is kind of the safe, uh, safe number that people throw around. So I guess we could do some division and figure out per capita what that looks like. Uh, but no one's willing to give a state statistic. Uh, people will throw out, these are the amount of cases that we have seen, but obviously a number of cases in court doesn't mean the number of people being right. trafficked Yeah, uh, no. because this is such an underground crime. Uh, and really police officers are just now starting to get more training and understand what to look for. Uh, and even if they know what to look for, it's still a hard crime to spot. Um, just for instance, so a lot of if a police officer pulls over a car and in the car a police officer sees drugs or illegal weapons, like, hey, it's cut and dry. You're breaking the law. This right. is not allowed. I can point to it and say right. this is what you're doing wrong. If a police officer pulls over a car and say the trafficker is a middle-aged man and a, a teenage girl, whatever, the teenage girl would still have to say something right. before the police officer could do anything. The officer so she can't just to, assume right. that, oh, this is a, this is a trafficking situation. Mm-hmm. And so, because she has to be willing to speak, and obviously she's not going to be willing to speak because oh, yeah, kind of no. the three key wo- by law, the three words that define what human trafficking is, is you know someone forcing commercial sexual exploitation through means of force, fraud, and coercion. Right. So if someone's forcing you, using fraud or coercing you, then you're not going to open up. Yeah. and say what's happening. Plus, a lot of these girls who are being trafficked, they don't understand the legal jargon. They don't know how all this works. They don't know, oh, yes, I am a victim of sex trafficking. Right. They don't know that terminology. They know what's happening is wrong, and they don't know where to turn yeah. because the traffickers are telling these girls, hey, you're a prostitute. You're a drug user because they'll get them hooked on drugs yeah. pretty quickly. So you can't you, run you, to the you police. If you go to the police, mm-hmm. you're going to end up in jail just like me. Mm-hmm. Or probably worse. And all too often that has been the case in the past. Right. Uh, that it's not till people, one, law enforcement, they are getting much better at it. That's why 2016, this is a Charleston specific statistic. Okay. 2016, the Charleston area, cases of sex trafficking tripled in the Charleston area in 2016. Now, it is a growing industry, unfortunately, right. growing organized crime. Uh, but we are also just better about spotting right. it. Uh, and so I don't know that necessarily grew three By times from 15 more to 16. Cases, it's, not that, it's not that the actual traffic tripled, but mm-hmm. the ability to recognize traffic greatly increased. Right. And so there are three times okay. more cases there. Uh, another thing that traffickers will do is they'll use um, other girls particularly, maybe they've been trafficking a little bit longer that they kind of have built some rapport and some trust with. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they'll use those girls to drive around the other girls to the appointments to be sold. And so that way, once again, police officer pulls over maybe a 19 year old and a 16 year old that looks like two sisters that looks right. like two friends. They're nothing. Is, mm-hmm. And so it's really hard to identify these cases of human trafficking. Uh, all that. Also, if you talk about uh, maybe a murder case, that's, you know, you've got your witnesses that are talking about an event that took place over a couple minutes, maybe. Right. Whereas trafficking, you've got, it's not it's just a singular, it's not a correct. singularity. We're talking about months, it's weeks, years, oh my gosh. Uh, city to city, you know, even Somerville, Mount Pleasant. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of these people will take the, the girls up to Greenville, to Columbia, up to right. Charlotte, sometimes to Atlanta. Uh, and I mean, there are cases you can go to DC, Vegas, whatever, but they're, they're working all around the Southern area. And so it's really hard to have 
an investigation done as it's crossing. Because it's not all just these. a single jurisdiction. Correct. It crosses jurisdictions everywhere. Correct. Wow. And so it's really hard to investigate. Um, another reason why there's so much need for growth as a mm -hmm. country, as a local area, and how we're going to fight and combat this crime. Uh, for instance, so human trafficking, which includes both labor trafficking and sex trafficking. Okay. Uh, we work with survivors of sex trafficking. Not that we're opposed to working with a survivor of labor trafficking, but we're, that's our area you gotta of focus. focus on, you got to focus on something. Correct. Absolutely. And so that's our area of focus. And um, with that, there is one. So human trafficking is the second largest organized crime in the United States. Second wow. biggest organized crime. So obviously there's more cases of petty theft and uh, burglary and things like that. But it's not necessarily organized. Right. Whereas human trafficking is just behind drug trafficking for the second biggest crime in our country. And it's projected to overtake that in the next three to five years. And so then looking at it, how many different police departments, municipalities have a narcotics unit, some sort of drug unit, right. a good bit, yeah. a fair amount in the entire state of South Carolina, there is one office, one state officer whose job is investigating cases of human trafficking. One. one. Luckily for us, it's in North Charleston. So we have a really good okay. relationship with him. Uh, he's a fantastic individual. And, but there are but only, there only so the, many hours in a week correct. that one person can devote to this. Correct. And so he, he does a lot of work with federal agents who are in South Carolina. And so that's good. But there's, it just kind of shows, you know, we've got a lot of resources dedicated towards drug right. trafficking. But we don't really have any resources in the police side of things or in the support side of things to support survivors of trafficking as there's one officer in the entire state and one home in the entire state that's only been open this mm -hmm. year. Mm -hmm. And so there's just a lack of resources. It's beginning to be people are more aware of human trafficking. It's been a, a kind of a buzz issue for a couple of years yeah. now, but there's still not as much people putting their money where their mouth is. Mm. Uh, and so that's something that we need to do because once again, no one's willing to put forth a firm statistic on how many people are survivors of trafficking in our state. But let's just say hypothetically, there's that 100,000 in the United States. Divide that uh, by, divided five, by 50. Yeah. Divided by 5 million for South okay, Carolina. Sure, right. um, and so looking at, okay, in, if you get that, we're looking at in our state, probably in the somewhere between 1,500, 3,000 uh, girls who are being sold in our state. In our state. Mm -hmm. Wow. And you can break that down to the oh Charleston Oh my gosh, area. that's heartbreaking. It really is. It really is uh, concerning that this is happening and there's not that much effort being put towards mm. stopping it. Oh my, I'm just, I'm just speechless again because I've heard, I've heard you share about Doors to Freedom before and just being reminded of the reality of, the reality of darkness. Mm-hmm that exists out there and how much work it is. I mean, really it's, it's not that much work to fight darkness. You just strike right. a match mm -hmm. and then you're fighting it, but it's, you still have to strike the match. Correct. You still have to start shining a light to make changes. Mm -hmm. And I think one thing that I try to encourage, uh, a lot of people don't fully understand exactly what sex trafficking is and how it happens. And so I like to, kind of clarify that uh, and so most people assume two assumptions that people make that people being sold for sex trafficking are brought in on shipping crates and planes from other countries mm -hmm. now that does happen but it's very rare 90 percent of survivors of trafficking in the united states are from the united states so okay. these are local girls from our communities so that's one kind of assumption that people make that it isn't necessarily true the other one is that 
most of the people being trafficked have been kidnapped. Uh, and that happens. There was a case in February of this year, in which the Johns Island girl, she was four years old. She was oh kidnapped. Oh my gosh. Um, and the, the guy was charged with attempted commercial sexual exploitation of a four year old. Right. And so that does happen, but that is not the primary means in which, uh, girls are, are caught up in this crime. It's, uh, Often they're, they're targeted. These are girls who come from broken homes, that at-risk demographic mm-hmm. population that is talked about a lot. Uh, of all the girls that we've ever worked with, I think only two have had good home situations. Uh, almost all the girls we've ever worked with were sexually abused before they were trafficked. And so something was happening at home. They didn't have a good home life. They were trying to get, they were trying to escape something bad. They were. We as humans, we want love right. and we deserve love. And so we go looking for that somewhere if we're not getting at home. And then as you're running, you meet this person. Or even just safety. Yeah. If, if, if they feel Correct. like they're in a dangerous situation, it's like, I need to go someplace safe. Mm-hmm. And then the first place that makes them feel safe is a trap. Right. Because the thing about these traffickers, this yeah. is a little more on the concerning side, is that they don't right away come across as this mean, cruel, vicious no. individual. They don't do that. They come across as this loving, caring boyfriend slash father let figure me help. often. Right. Let me help you. And so they invest up to six months. It's called a grooming period. Yep. They groom this girl over six months. Uh, you know, take her to get her hair done, take her to get her nails done, take her shopping to her favorite restaurant, all of these things to win over her trust this whole time, further isolating her from her family and friends. Mm. Uh, so, and then, you know, that also might include relocation. Even something as simple as going from Somerville to Mount Pleasant or right. something like that. That's going to completely, once again, we're talking teenagers here. Yeah. And so that's That's, an that's, that's effectively new world. isolating someone it who's is. 15. Mm-hmm. And so then, uh, then it's slowly they, um, once that first time happens when they sell them for sex, uh, Detective Benton with North Charleston Police Department, he said every time, every girl he's ever interviewed said after that first time, something inside her died. Something inside her died. And there became this shame. Because once again, she... Yeah, you're all alone. You can't mm -hmm. talk about it. People will hate me. It's all my fault. So you're isolated from your family, but, you know, maybe 30 minutes away or whatever. And then all of a sudden you haven't talked to them for maybe six months or off and on during that time. You feel like you can't go back. You can't go back and tell them what's happened. You can't go back and tell them. There's so much shame that's going yeah. on. The other thing that happens is these traffickers are using force, fraud, and coercion. So they're telling this girl, because uh, they, they, they've done their work. They know who this girl loves mm-hmm. and cares about. So if that's you know her younger sister, her older brother, her mom, whoever it might be, said, well, if you run, if you leave. We know where your family lives. I can go get your brother and bring him right in here. I can go get your younger sister, your mom. You can yeah. be replaced by them. And so there's this sense of, protection that they have for their family members to try to not get them caught up in that situation. Uh, And so traffickers don't usually lock them up with handcuffs to beds and things like that. Once again, occasionally that happens, but it's primarily the psychological manipulation. Psychological and and emotional. Mm -hmm. And so even if they did get up the courage to leave, because obviously that's when the beatings start to happen after that first time they're sold. That's when that gets introduced to keep them in line, keep them in place. But it's also not just that physical, but that, uh, emotional psychological bondage that they're trapped in okay i need to take a deep breath (laughs) because this is way this is a little bit heavier than what i than what we usually talk about on the show Mm -hmm. um but yeah let me i'll give a just one thing that i tell everyone who i really can if you want to do what you can to protect your daughter your son your niece your nephew your granddaughter 
be that loving parent, yeah. be that loving aunt or uncle, be that loving grandma. Work grandpa. on your relationship with them. Right. Because that That's is going the best to defense. be the biggest deterrent. Uh, if these girls know they're loved by their family and their friends, they're not going to go looking for love elsewhere. Right. And so when this stranger comes and confronts them, either uh, in person at the mall or online, 63% mm-hmm. of cases of trafficking begin online. They're looking for these girls online, right. uh, sending them just messages. And so if someone tells them they love them, that they're beautiful, all of these things, they should already be hearing that. Right. And so be proactive as parents and showing that love and affection. Like, Mom, I got kids. another creeper trying to talk to me. Right. <laughs> and so it shouldn't, it shouldn't be new information they're right. hearing. Oh man. That's... And so just go above and beyond and being that loving and caring parent. And that will be a huge deterrent towards fighting yeah. this crime. I'm, I'm so glad that I'm so glad that, that we're talking about this because it just, it breaks my heart. It breaks my heart hearing it, but it's, but it's reality mm-hmm. that's going on. And I want y'all's message to get out there even more than it is already. So, you know, just as we keep going, I'm going to keep saying thank you for being here, Tim. So let's, you know, fr- from your story and from your experience with Doors to Freedom, actually, what did you do before Doors to Freedom? You know, how, what, what's your connection with them? How did you get started? So I first learned about human trafficking when I was in college. I went to Southern Wesleyan University in the Clemson area of the upstate. I heard about it and then, you know, it broke my heart and I was young college student, didn't really have a path for it. So I was like, (laughs) I want to do something about this. I have found what I'm doing. So I graduated. I actually moved over because once again, I heard about it as an international issue, something that happens elsewhere. Right. Uh, And it's a both and. We obviously need to support people around the world, but also right here in our backyard. So I moved to Cambodia for a year, worked for an organization uh, that did anti-human trafficking work there with uh, men and boys, actually, because about one third of victims of trafficking are men and boys. And so that's higher than I would have thought, but still mm-hmm. the vast majority is female. That's why at Doors Freedom, that's, that's right. who we work with. We work with girls age 12 to 20 because that's the biggest population. Let's start yeah. with that. And then in the future, we can address the issue of boys and men who are being trafficked. Uh, so I heard about it. I moved to Cambodia, lived there for about a year, uh, working with an organization called the Hard Places Community. Uh, and then, you know, I kind of had to raise my own funds and support mm-hmm. to go there. And then that kind of like a missionary, like a missionary overseas missionary. And so I did that. Then, you know, I committed to a year money didn't just miraculously come out of nowhere. So I had to come back to the U S and I had some student loans. So I ended up working back in the Clemson area at Clemson university with international students, uh, in Clemson university. And so then I'm doing that, paying off student loans. That's when I met my wife. Uh, she was living here in the Somerville area. I was living in Clemson. Two of our best friends got married. They introduced us, and sparks flew, all that fun stuff. There you go. Uh, and that's when we got married. I moved down here to Somerville area, and she has been volunteering with Doors to Freedom since 2012. Almost okay. since the beginning, she's been with Doors to Freedom. So she starts telling me about Doors to Freedom. I'm like, oh, that's fantastic. Like, what? And so I'm learning about this and I want to get involved, obviously. Right. And so then, uh, lo and behold, they're looking for a director of development. And I 
applied and like I'm raising my hand right here. Right, yeah. <laughs> like pick me. It was because when fantastic. I learned about it, yeah. Because once again, it, we're home for females, and so there's really not a place for me to volunteer in the home teaching right. this or that or doing counseling or therapy. That's not appropriate for me to do that. And so at first, I hear about. It, I was like, okay, you know, I'll help with the fundraiser. What can I do? Or, right, right. And then the opportunity opened up for a director of development. I was like, I would love to do that. Uh, and one reason why. Uh, our executive director Sharon thought it would be a good fit for me is because often it's women who step up to do something about this right. because most people being trafficked are women. So they're very passionate about wanting to do something. Uh, but men need to be part of the solution. Yeah. We're a big part of the problem so we can be a big part of the solution. Um, and so that was kind of my philosophy. It's like, I want to be a part of changing this narrative uh, about human trafficking. Oh man. Well, thank you. Thank you for working with doors to freedom. It's, it's huge, you know, and, and you have no idea. I know from my time when I was working in an orphanage in Mexico, you just don't know the level of impact that you're going to have that's ongoing mm-hmm. because you don't know what's going to happen with the person that you're working with and who they're going to reach out to. Right. And who that person's going to reach out mm-hmm. to. So, ah, okay, deep breath because my heart is so heavy at this point in just... My heart is heavy because this is heavy stuff. But we're gonna we're gonna soldier on. So from from your time, you know, whether it's in Cambodia or now with Doors to Freedom, as an as an expert at what you do, you know, everything that you've been doing, what are some what are some pieces of advice that you could give our listeners, you know, just average folks going about their day, trying to pay the light bill, you know, trying to get the kids to school or figure out what to do during the summer (laughs) (laughs) when school's out. (laughs) What are some pieces of advice that you could give our listeners to help them improve their lives? Maybe it has to do with, with specific doors to freedom. Maybe not. It's the floor is yours. Right. Yeah. I think uh, my personal philosophy and all I've seen, you know, going to the other side of the world, Mm -hmm. coming back, living in DC, living in South Carolina, uh, really life boils down to our relationships that we have with people. Uh, And so prioritize people, prioritize relationships. Because once again, from just the human trafficking side of things, if you prioritize your kids, uh, those around you, then you're going to do what you can to support them and you're going to give them that best life going forward. Um, I think about my parents. My parents were really good at raising me. They invested in me. We, We would go on vacations, things like that. And you know, my parents aren't the richest people ever, but they kind of prioritize doing things together as a family. Uh, our whole extended family will do that. And so as you're going about life, don't get so busy caught up in the nine to five that you neglect to enjoy life. Mm. Uh, because it's really easy. My wife, she's fantastic. And she's a workaholic. She'll work, 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 work. And so sometimes I have to remind her, even at the 4th of July, the other night, we were watching the fireworks and she was so busy, like trying to make sure everyone had what they need. Oh, did you get enough food? Did you get all in the fireworks start? And I was like, Christine, let's just watch the fireworks. Everybody's fine. Right. Let's just chill. And so then she was like, thank you. Thank you for slowing me down because it is so easy, I mean, especially with fireworks. You got like a couple of minutes. There. Mm, yeah. <laughs> you got like, a couple of minutes of the good we stuff. We can pause everything for just the next 120 seconds. And then you can check on the burgers after that. Right. And so just trying to slow down, take a 
deep breath uh, and just kind of enjoy what life brings your way. Uh, and don't just necessarily wait for life to bring things your way, but look for, okay, who are some friends I can reconnect with or mm. connect with well? Uh, who are those people that bring me joy? And, and, and spend time with those people. There are a lot yeah. of naysayers on the world. The internet, Facebook is full of negativity. No shortage uh, of naysaying. And so seek out that pause. It's going to make your life so much more enjoyable uh, when people are making you smile, when you're making people smile, instead of getting caught up in the latest thing that he said, she said, right. oh, everything's going up in flames. Now, I especially like like the specific words you use when you said prioritize people and relationships because we all have priorities. Well, right. actually, I mean, the def- a pri- you can only have one priority mm-hmm. according to what the word actually means, but, you know. Like one favorite. Right. You can only have it's one like, favorite. Oh, you know, I have three favorites. <laughs> like a best friend is by definition unique because you can't have five. Right. You know, but, you know, having multiple priorities, I, I get it because that's the culture we live in. Mm-hmm. But prioritizing people and relationships, I, I really like the... Like what the connotations of that specific language when you're talking, not just like focus on relationships or value relationships, like prioritize them. Where do they fit? Right. Because I think in retrospect, when, so my grandmother, she just passed away a month and a half ago mm. um, and she was 97. She lived a good full life. Right. And in her later, I mean, she was very mentally with it all the way up until she had a stroke and passed away. Uh, but, you know, kind of her short term memory would, fizzle those last couple of years. And so she would tend to tell the same stories. Uh, and so it was really cool to see the stories that she would tell because so often she was telling stories of uh, her grandkids, her children, these, these things that she would time with her friends that she right. was spending. And so it just showed what mattered to her in life. The things that she remembered, the things that she wanted to communicate was those things that brought her joy in those times she spent with people because she lived an amazing life. Yeah. Her first husband was ambassador to Uruguay. So she was an ambassador's wife. Um, And so she did that. She was in the, I think the seventh class of women joining the army uh, after World War II. She was in the seventh class to join that. She went into the Japan for the rebuilding efforts there. Oh Um, my gosh. She hitchhiked around South America right after that. That's actually when she met her husband. And, and so she had, she did lots of stuff. Yeah. She had lots of stuff. And I mean, she talked about those things, but what she would always come back to was that time with people that she valued and enjoyed. Uh, and so she did a really good job instilling that into our family. And I just try to communicate, yes, the, we want to do, we want to succeed. We you want to have adventures. You want to have, you want to, you want to have things. success. But the things that we're going to remember on the backside of things is those times with people that we love and care Mm -hmm. about. We're not going to go back. You know, I wish I had worked that extra shift on that weekend so I could have gotten that uh, larger TV. Right. In retrospect, that's not going to be the thing that we're going to value and think about. It's going to be, you know, I really valued that time uh, going fishing with my kids. Yeah. That's the thing that we're going to look back on. I really uh, valued going on that reunion trip with my college roommates, whatever it is. Those are the things that we're going to look back on and enjoy. Yes. And so let's enjoy that while getting there, not just right. uh, looking back. That's good. That's good. Prioritize people and relationships. Absolutely right. Anything else? Any other, any other bits of advice that you can share? With yeah, I think it's just, it's just being present along that lines is being present. Okay. Uh, this is something I struggle with that my wife's better about that. 
Uh, I'm sorry, I wasn't listening. What was that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding, ladies and gentlemen. My, she, she's good at helping me be present. You know, I might be checking my phone, whatever it might be, checking the latest sports score, seeing. You know, oh, it's a good thing <laughs> nobody else does that. I mean, yeah, you need to stop. Like, that. I don't need to know this very second that LeBron James signed with the Lakers. You know, people are going <laughs> to talk about that for weeks. Like, I'll find out eventually. Uh, but it's instead pausing and. Uh, being present with my wife or uh, when we're at church or out with friends, whatever it might be, being present there instead of um, dwelling on something that's not. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's good, you know, to hear about these things in sports world or whatever, right. whatever your kind of go to is. It's is. good to do that because it's, you know, people talk about those things right. and it's good talking points. Uh, but don't get so caught up in waiting on that that you're neglecting to actually enjoy what's mm-hmm. happening in regards to that. Right. And so be, be present with those around you. You got that right. That's good stuff. Anything else? Doesn't have to be. I think that's what comes to mind at the, right. off the top of my head. All right, right on. Well, then, then we'll, we'll continue forward with the final four. Four final questions. All right. All right. So question number one. When you pause from your work, what do you do for fun? What do you like to do to play? That I wish I paused more. Once again, I'm just talking about this. This this is not an easy thing. Even one who, you know, I value this and I talk about it. It's still hard to pause. We live in a very busy world. Uh, But sports is my go-to. I'm a big sports fan. Uh, watching sports, playing sports, uh, primarily basketball. Basketball is my favorite there sport. You, go. I, you know, it, I was one of those ones in the eighth grade yearbook. He said, what do you want to be when you're older? I said, an NBA player. <laughs> was, and it was like, uh, have little, you looked at yourself uh, in your mirror? I'm 5'10", uh, yeah. can't jump that high. I've never been able to dunk a basketball. I was close in high school and early college. I could almost dunk. Almost, there uh, you go. And, you know, that's still something, some people still try to encourage me to go back and try to do that, which I probably should. Um, but sports is definitely where that's my go-to activity. Now I'm one of those people who I try to find things to relate to anyone. So right. if you like books, I'll figure out some common book that we've read and we can there talk about go. that movies. I mean, I, I do like movies, star Wars, Marvel cinematic universe, all that basically apparently everything that Disney owns, <laughs> <laughs> which is almost everything, um, movies, but my go-to is sports. I've, Grew up, I had a basketball court in my backyard, um, and we'd play football. One thing I was really, really blessed to have growing up was people in my neighborhood who were my age. Yeah. Like, within a two-block radius of me, there was probably 12 people within a grade of me. Wow. It was unbelievable. I didn't, And I didn't realize growing up that that was unusual. Yeah, you don't realize when you're in it. Right. I didn't realize it at all. And so it's not until after the fact that I was having conversations with other people to realize right. that was very strange. Yeah. And so we would just, you know, every day after school, go out. All right, we're playing basketball today. Playing five on five, and we each each team has a sub. Right. Or we're okay. We're gonna go down the street one more block over and play right. football at the field right there. Yeah. We've got plenty to play, and so that's, that's just awesome. what we would do. That's awesome. That's what we would do. We would just play sports, basketball, and football. Uh, and I wasn't. It's funny looking back on it. Even when I was more athletic in my younger days, I didn't. I wasn't smart at the sports because now in (laughs) basketball, I'll I'll play and people, I'll play with teenagers, even college students, and they'll make fun of me for my old man game. And I'm like, well, 
works. You're much more <laughs> athletic than me. Like, 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 um, you can make fun of me, but I'm up by five. Right. I, so I'm five like, ten. You're six two, and I'm winning by seven. So, <laughs> it, and so, just uh, I really enjoy that. Just watching sports as well. If only I'd been this smart when I was your That's age. That's what I tell myself all the time. Yeah when I um, play in high school or even rec basketball, whatever it was, if I had had this brain I did then. Well, you know, when you're 25, you know, you don't know. Right. You think you know. I always told myself, so when I lived in Cambodia, I said, um, actually, we drove on, they call them motos, which is basically moped scooters, things like that. And, And so... I really wanted a motorcycle then. I was like, this is awesome. I want to drive one of these. But I told myself, <laughs> not until I'm 25 or older. <laughs> I, I knew, I mean, I consider myself a pretty responsible person, but I was like, I just have to, you know, something's going to happen. I don't trust myself to trust other people. There I you guess. go. Yeah. Uh, to be alert and paying attention. Okay, this person's driving suspicious. They probably it, don't see me. It's a whole other level of, of attention that you have to pay. Right. When you're on a two-wheeled vehicle with mm-hmm. no walls. Right. Yeah, and so, yeah, I wanted. I wanted one of those, but yeah, basketball, I don't get to play as much as I used to. Unfortunately, I haven't found. Cause you're trying to impact the world with doors to freedom. <laughs> Got stuff to do. I need to find a morning Lives basketball league somewhere. That's what I need to do. Well, is, uh, the, the next question we have for the final four is what is in the next 12 months, what are you most excited about personal professional? What are you really looking forward to in the next 12 months? That's a really good question. Uh, cause so long that had been, professionally opening up 24 seven as a residential home. We had been a day program since 2011, really 2014 regularly. 2016 is when we bought the house we have. And it was Mm -hmm. earlier this year as we opened up 24 seven. And so it's kind of still amazing that we get to say we are a residential home for survivors of trafficking. We get to do that. And, you know, I would like to be the day when we're not the only one in the state, but it's also kind of cool to say, Hey, we're the only ones in the right. state doing this, but ultimately we can house 10 people. We got, you need another 300 right. of y'all. Right. And so we, that would be good. And so right now we've got uh, four girls living with us just because you stick 10 strangers in a house all at once and they make TV shows about that. Exactly. It doesn't go well. Exactly. And they, so, they never end well. Right. And so that's why we got the, the small group of four right now living there. They're getting used to each other. They're getting used to us. This whole new baby steps forward that they're in. And right. so we also want them to become the leaders for right. the next girls that come in uh, to kind of welcome them in with open arms and kind of show this is a great place right. because People think, oh, yeah, they're coming out of trafficking into your home. It's so different to them. It's so bizarre and weird to them that it is a huge adjustment period for them entering into our home. Uh, And so having kind of those girls who have been there to help them along the way, we're really looking forward to seeing how that plays out. Uh, And just kind of that's another avenue for growth for those girls who are in our program now, getting to see them step up with some of those leadership attributes and things like that. So professionally, that's what I'm looking forward to. Um, and then personally, my wife and I don't have any kids 12 months from now. I mean, hopefully 12 front months from now, we do have a kid. There you go. Um, and so that would be good. And she, she, I want kids a lot. Does, does want, she know about this she, or she, she can does. listen to this episode and be like, what? <laughs> she does. She wants babies. <laughs> I want kids. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> so I realized that to get to kids, you have to have babies. That's right. You have to change the diapers in order to right. get to the point where you don't have to anymore. And so that's what, so I guess we won't have kids here. Like, you know, two years, 24 months from now. Uh, I mean, you be, might have twins. If you're that's going to have twins, have them first. That's the other thing. Yes, that would be good. <laughs> My wife seems opposed to the ideas of, 
boy girl twins being Luke and Leia. I'm not sure why she's opposed to that. I mean, but it makes sense. She shot me down on the if we have boy girl <laughs> twins being Luke and Leia. The one cool thing with the last name Young, uh, my name is Timothy Ryan Young, so my initials is Try. Uh, and so you get can get some really cool uh, okay. initials with the last name Y. Frederick, with, yeah. Luke. Yeah, Fly. There you go. Fly, Sly, Steven. As long um, as it's not like Craig Richard. Right. <laughs> it's like, cry, what? Or, cry. Uh, what is it? William Henry Young. Oh, okay. <laughs> I like that one. Why? Why? <laughs> He'll use that word a lot when he's two. Well, Tim, what's a good way for the audience to get in touch with y'all? How do they find y'all online? Um, you know, we're going to put everything in the show notes so people can just click on it or call you from there. What's yeah, that information? The best way to connect is through our website. Well, probably Facebook is what's most active. We do have a good website that we keep up to date all the time, uh, but we're posting stuff onto Facebook. So we just search regularly. on Facebook Doors to Freedom. Doors to Freedom will pop up. Easy. We're the first people. What's y'all's website address? www.doorstofreedom.com. Doorstofreedom.com. Nothing fancy. Uh, we're on Twitter or on Instagram. Um, Facebook's our most active. We, we use all three, but Facebook gets the most Facebook contact. is the go-to place for what y'all are doing and where you are and what y'all need, how people can help. Correct. Excellent. If you're really good, if you're a pro at Instagram, love doing stuff like that. They I'm also have a position I'd open. Love to get, um, <laughs> I'd love to get that up and running as its own. Because right now it's basically when we post pictures on Facebook, we'll post right. a picture on Instagram with a caption. But I'd love to have a unique Instagram page for Doors to Freedom because it is a different platform yeah it's, it's a different it's a different thing it's a different and so thing. good talk deal. to me if you want to help with that so what would what would be a final thought you know final piece of advice that you would like to leave the leave our listeners with get involved in some way um, whatever that is because obviously not everyone can get involved with doors to freedom now if you can we'd love to talk to you and get you involved but get involved to something because you can find ways to support mm-hmm. local charities local nonprofits in a way that's not I'm writing a hundred dollar check every month. Right. I'm writing a check every year, whatever it is. Well, and the thing with the thing with nonprofits and charities and and organizations that are impacting the community, when the community gets stronger, those organizations get stronger as well. Right. And so there are ways because events, something like we have a five k in October, mm-hmm. October twenty seventh. That's something you know. Get with your kids. It's a run or a walk. You can do that. Something that's fun as a family to do together. It's at Wanamaker Park. You can you know stick around have a right. picnic afterwards. That's something you can make memories with while supporting a charity or you know different chair. We have a auction. It's not till next year. So, but it's something like that. You can go, you know, buy a vacation package at some nonprofit's charity that's going to, you can go them yeah. on vacation. Because people, if you're already going on vacation, why not buy a vacation package from a charity? And so your money is going to support mm-hmm. whoever that is. Uh, and so you still get your vacation, but you also get to support local right. charities, things like that. There are so many creative ways that you can still enjoy time with family and friends that you're also supporting local yeah. organizations. Um, so get involved in some way, or maybe, you, you know, you do have a couple hours a week you want to use to volunteer, or you, you maybe you want to make a career change, whatever it is. Say, whatever no, whatever you're going to do, do my, something. Right, do, do something. something. Uh, but get don't involved. forget, don't forget people in the midst of doing yeah. something, but definitely get involved uh, in something that can be, that can be simple, simple or can be extravagant, yeah. but get involved in something because if everyone does a little bit, that's going to make a huge impact. Mm-hmm. But if no one does anything, right. then we're stuck where no, we're at nothing's now. Nothing's going to change. Nothing's going to change. 
Well, Tim, last question, bonus round. What is keeping you sane right now with, with your life, with your relationships, with your work, with, you know, is it a tool? Is it a book? Is it uh, a song? You know, what's keeping you sane right now? I would now? have to say my wife, because um, we, we got married. I was, she was 29, I was 27 when we got mm-hmm. married, but we just, it, we love each other. We're like best friends. Awesome. We're best friends. And so it's really cool. People always said that, like, oh, I'm best friends with my spouse, oh, blah, 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 whatever. <laughs> but it, it really can be true because if you're a younger audience, don't just get married to the first eligible person that walks by. Like, I mean, people are all the time telling me, hey, go get married. Go. There's, there's this person. There's this person. But if you just truly wait for someone, who, well, I don't necessarily believe there's one person out there, mm-hmm. uh, but make sure that you're you know where you're going in life and start heading that way and then look around and who's, who's going that way with you. Right. And that's someone you who's probably on the same path. With. Uh, and so that's advice for marriage, but also with friendships. Um, and so that's what keeps me seeing my wife, my friends as well. You know, you're just looking around and okay, these are people I enjoy those relationships, you know, we're coming mm-hmm. full circle. The relationships that you prioritize, those are the things that are keeping you sane. Mm-hmm. I would definitely awesome. say so. Awesome. Well, Tim, again, Thank you. Thank you for being on the show this week. Um, But thank you even more for the impact that you're having in the community for the lives that are being saved, literally saved, and the lives that we don't even know about that are being changed because of the work that Doors to Freedom is doing. Thanks so much. Pleasure to be on. Thank you. You Listeners, get involved. I I can't stress this enough. If you've been listening to the podcast on a regular basis, you know we are passionate about impacting Somerville for good with, with our guests, with what we're trying to accomplish is to have a greater impact for good. So if you like this podcast, share it with somebody. Share it with a friend. Uh, if you like to subscribe, subscribe. Give us a positive review. It expands our reach to have a more positive impact in Somerville so that, so that when life happens, there's advice for when people need it. Thanks for being with us. Y'all are an integral part of the show with your feedback, with sharing what's going on in Somerville. Thank you again. You've been listening to the Somerville Advice Givers Podcast, where we connect you with the advice you need for when life happens. I'm your host, Yaden Smith. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next week.